So, 1,000 hours of PUBG. Do you think you build a game in that time? <laughs> We're going here, are we? Why not? 1,000 hours is a long time. Yes, I'm sure I could have built a game in that time. Okay, let's make that the goal of 2018. 1,000 hours of game dev? Yeah. Oh, dear. Eat this, Malcolm Gladwell. We can do things in 1,000 hours. This feels like it should be more of a 2017 wrap-up pre-chat, but okay, we've gone here now. We've opened this box. Well, that's all I had to say. You seem confident. This is good. You still believe. I still believe. I don't know. I mean, it's a whole... You, you know, you've only got so many hours in the day, and actually all those hours are spent working. You've only got so many hours after work. You managed to find a lot of hours after work, if I'm honest. Yeah, but they're all earmarked for PUBG. Earmarked for PUBG in editing this podcast. We can move on. You mentioned your hearing the other day. I think I've noticed the same thing now. This is age-related hearing degradation. The ringing has got louder for me. Okay, I don't have any ringing. I don't have any ringing. I'm just conscious that I don't seem to be able to hear things quite as well as I used to. Oh, okay, it's different for me. I can't hear stuff above the ringing as much. (laughs) What? What the hell did you do, man? Are you in the war or something? Just listening to music. Way too loud, evidently. Clearly. It's the only way to enjoy it. Yeah, well, my volume control on my iPhone is already at six. Six notches. Out of 16. However many the hell it is. It's 16. Is it 16? So you're under half. I'm under half, yeah. But it seems, six already seems like really loud. I go all the way to eight. Eight? Oh, so if you go to eight, then it's okay for me to go to eight. This is why I've got ringing in my ears. That's the thing. I think maybe I just need to get my ears syringed. Do they still do that these days? I think so. If you give enough money to someone, I'm sure they'll do it for you. <laughs> they'll do anything. It's like, oh, for a party like that, that'll be... Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me today, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Father Ting. Tingathy. The artist formerly known as Ting Ting. Yes, anyone will do. So we are a book club of games, and today we are. Hooray! We are going to talk about her story. Are you going to give us the obligatory warning? There will be spoilers for her story. Major, major spoilers for her story. All of her story will be spoiled. So if you haven't played her story, you should go and play her story before listening to this podcast. Unless, of course, you never want to play her story, in which case you should listen to this podcast instead of playing her story. The funny thing is that this podcast is actually probably going to be almost as long as her story. So... Listen to the podcast. <laughs> just, just, you know what? Just listen to the podcast. Just listen to the podcast. Well, we've already got your download. You know, to be honest, that's all I care about. I mean, what am I? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. You know, we care about you deeply. Please keep listening. So. What is her story? So her story is a walking simulator without the walking. No, it's an FMV game by Sam Barlow. It's strange and experimental. I've never played anything quite like it. Did you enjoy it? Very much so. Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. I thought it was really, really clever. So now that I have given the obligatory spoiler warning, I'm going to start by going into the mechanics and then I'm going to start going into massive spoiler territory. Mechanically, the game is... You searching a police database of videos. The videos are about a murder 
and that's all you really know at the start of the game. So there are a couple of readme files and they basically tell you, you have access to this police database. The police database is of interviews with this woman and they're from back in 1994. They only have the woman's side of the conversation. So you don't actually get to see any of the detective's questions to the woman, only her answers. The interview videos are all indexed by the content of the video. So they essentially have a transcript of the video that you're not allowed to see, but you can search the videos using that transcript. So when you start the game, it's already typed into the search box, murder. And there are four videos that contain the word murder, and you can watch them. The kicker is, when you enter a search term, it will only show you the first five videos. So if you type in a word like the, it's going to go and say, oh, there's 189 videos with the. Here are the first five. So you have to be quite selective about the queries you type in. And it is often very tantalizingly out of reach. Like you'll type in something like motive or something. And it'll be like, oh, there's six videos and five of them will be completely pointless. It'll be like, what's in that sixth video? I need to know. Yep. I experienced that. I typed in Simon. I got more than 15. And then the objective of the game. So it really isn't explained to you why you're doing this. Figuring out why you're doing it is kind of the point of the game in itself. I mean, you kind of get sucked into it. You know it's something to do with a murder and then you kind of just give yourself the objective of what the hell's going on? Who is this woman? Who got murdered and why? You end up just doing that for yourself. But the game itself actually does have a kind of overarching point to it. I mean, should we say that now? Yeah, why not? Yeah. The actual overall point of the game, and this is a major spoiler, you are actually the daughter of the woman or women in the videos. Your name is Sarah, and you're trying to find out why your mother did what she did. And so this is what is revealed to you eventually once you've... Well, it's actually unclear to me. I'm still not completely sure whether it's just after you've spent enough time looking at the videos or whether you found a certain video. You, uh, is a certain video, is it? Because you actually went yeah, it's and speed ran it. It's a certain set of videos is what I've read. Okay, so once you've seen certain critical videos, then it will pop up this chat program, Chit Chat, and SB, Sam Barlow, I guess, will go and say, oh, so have you seen enough? Do you know why your mother did what she did? And if you say yes, then the game is over. And you get to watch the credits. So when you log off the system the next time, you just get the ending credits. And if you're not sure why your mother did what she did, then SB on the chat thing will say, oh, well, don't worry, Sarah. You can always come back and search some more. So it's like, wait, I'm Sarah? Well, I mean, that's another thing. That's another spoiler territory discussion. So as you start the game, it's very intuitive. There's no tutorial needed. You just go in and you start typing into the search box. Typing in the search box, watching the videos, and then the videos themselves kind of naturally raise more questions and then incept you to type in other words. So from the first set of videos, you know there's a murder, you know there's someone called Simon, and then you're naturally going to type in... Actually, you know what? Let's just check. What did I type in? Because for both of us, we actually recorded every single search that we did 
we'll probably realise that we typed in exactly the same initial words. Yeah, maybe. Well, I think we should actually put both these transcripts up. I mean, we'll link to them in the show notes. So obviously we both searched initially for murder because that's kind of pre-populated. And then trying to push the boundaries of the system and check that it worked the way I thought it did. I actually typed in I, like the letter I, as my next search term, and I got back 187 videos. So I was like, okay, fine. So that's worthless then, but good to know that it really does work like that. And then I searched for Simon, which gave me 61 videos. Uh, How about you? I went with February 1st, followed by Simon. It's really funny because after Simon, I searched February. So (laughs) I guess this is like, this is a natural thing you're going to search for. Because you heard that they had an argument in February, wasn't it? Yes. Can we do two more? What are your next two? And my next two are weirdly timesheet and motive, which motive actually came up with zero. Because a lot of the time, you know, you're just remembering something they said in a previous video and I'm like, oh, I should search for that. So I typed in motive, but evidently she didn't actually say motive. I just imagined that she had. And so there was nothing for motive. Okay, but your thought process is exactly the same as mine. Just trying to recall keywords from her dialogue. Yeah. And another thing I definitely noticed was, well, I mentioned the word incept because it, it felt like there are times when when she was speaking, when she used the same word over and over again in a sentence, and it was it kind of like hooked in your mind. You know, if you were naturally speaking English, you might use a synonym, but she would just say the same word like three times in a row. And I was trying to think, is it that it's trying to incept you to search for that word, or is it actually just because from a game mechanic point of view, you don't want to use too many synonyms because it will make it really awkward to search for those words? Because the thing is, it is a game at the end of the day. It did flow very naturally. It was clever. Another mechanical point I think we should mention as well is the database viewer. So you actually didn't know about this until really late on when I mentioned it to you. Is that right? That's right. So the interface to the game is actually kind of a pseudo computer desktop. So there's the main video searching program, but you can kind of actually move that out of the way and see other icons on the desktop one of which is called, I think, DB Viewer. And in the DB Viewer, it actually shows you all of the videos in the game. But they're all initially kind of red squares. And when you've seen a video, it turns that square green. And the last video that you watched is actually highlighted yellow. All the videos are sorted in chronological order, so you can actually see how many videos overall that you've seen kind of as a percentage, you can get a feel for it. And you can also see, as well as from the timestamp, you can tell, oh, okay, well, this video is from near the end of the sequence of interviews. This one's from near the beginning. Or as you discovered, oh, there's actually a whole block of videos I've just never seen. And you found that quite early on. I found that quite early on, yeah. I mean, I noticed, for example, that I had seen the last video, but I hadn't seen the penultimate video. And I kept thinking, what is in that penultimate video? Is there some deep insight that's going to reveal, you know, it's going to break the whole game wide open. And I just could tell I hadn't seen that video and I really wanted to see that video. When I finally did see it, I was actually like, oh, I didn't tell me anything. Damn it. But I was really fixated on trying to find this video for a long, long time. And you do often find that you manage to kind of like get a hook in. And then from that conversation, you can kind of tell, well, they're probably talking about this. And then it unravels and you can see the whole sequence. But then this is why I guess there is like a whole interview probably that you actually haven't found. Yes. It seems your search yep. queries just, for some reason, just never quite managed to hit on that one. So we've both finished the game, but I've actually seen every video. 
and you have what like 80 percent yeah the the achievement is 50 75 then 100 yeah so i've popped the second one the 75 one but going back to the use of the words or the language in the dialogue that's also to do with trying to direct you or lead you down a certain path well i think so i mean that's why i'm saying inception you know she'll say repeatedly oh rapunzel 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 or something there are certain terms that come up and either they're unusual words that come up a lot or there'll be a word that there's an obvious synonym she could use but she doesn't use it and then some of them like rapunzel in particular they're used in really weird arbitrary ways like she talks about rapunzel the story of rapunzel she talks about how she thought of herself as being rapunzel she talks about a Rapunzel doll in the attic, for example. They're really weird things, but it kind of comes up multiple times, probably to give you hooks into various different interviews. I mean, you can tell that, as well as being a well-written story, it is actually quite a well-designed game as well. It's not like he just wrote a story and then just shoved it into this game form and hoped for the best. It feels to me like it was written with intent for the mechanics as well as the story. And... As part of each of these videos, there's a timestamp, and you were tracking these from the beginning? You mean the timestamp in the video itself? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously I don't know how you played it, although, you know, you should tell me about how you played it in a minute, but after the first few videos, I started to notice other things as well. So obviously there's what the woman is wearing, and then also... In the top right of the video, it actually says the date and time of the interview. So you can get a feel, even if you didn't discover the video viewer, you know, well, you, well, you can tell exactly when the video happened and also whether it was before or after a video you had seen before. So I started making notes of, you know, what the woman was wearing on particular dates to try and like sort it all out in my mind. And this is all in my notes. So. Okay. Yeah. It's quite interesting looking over my notes again and seeing when certain revelations became apparent. Like, the tattoo! She's got a tattoo! How did I not notice the tattoo? And even, oh, this last interview is in a completely different room. So, a couple more things. For each clip, you can add your own custom tag. Did you use those? I did at first, and then I actually realised it was causing me more trouble than it was worth. So, wait, did you use them? No, I didn't. Okay, I mean, let me tell you my experience with it. And also tell you a funny trick I read about afterwards. So when we're talking about the story, one of the revelations we'll get to is that there's a character called Eve. And I started tagging the videos that I thought involved Eve with the word Eve. But then this just caused me loads of trouble because later on I would search for Eve and it would then say, oh, there are 18 videos about Eve and here are the first five. And I'd be like, What? I've just shot myself in the foot. This is really difficult now because I still can't see the videos that are about Eve. So in the end, no, I didn't use it. I think it would have been better just to like put like a numeric ID or something on them so I could call up that specific video, like to count in the DB viewer, like, oh, this is video number 189 and put 189 in. But no, I didn't do that. I tried to just use it organically and then I ended up thinking, this is really unhelpful. And then actually going back and finding these videos and deleting the tags on them just so I could go back to how it was before. The trick, though, I read, I did a whole bunch of random background reading after I'd finished it and 100% had, you know, seen all the videos. So a neat trick is when you search for a video, it shows you the videos that matched your search term in chronological order. So 
if you search with nothing or like blank, well, initially the user tag is blank. So it will just show you the first five videos. And then if you then put something in the user tags, they won't be blank anymore. So the next time you search for blank, you'll get the next five videos. And you can just do this to watch all of the videos in order, which seems actually really cheeky, but actually very clever. Can't believe I didn't think of that. I wonder if Sam Barlow left that in intentionally or if he didn't think of that either. I mean, that would be an interesting question. I'm hoping he did. We should ask him. We should ask him. He probably won't respond. He might respond, though. He might respond. Is he a nice guy? I don't know. We'll find out. (laughs) There's one more thing I want to talk about mechanic-wise. There's an option to turn off the, I don't know, the the anti-glare. The, right yeah, they call it the anti-glare filter. I mean, it's really, it's the faux CRT TV effect. Why Why is that an option? Why do you think that's an option? Because it's really annoying. I mean, literally, that faux TV effect, it is quite immersive. It makes it, you know, what is the... <laughs> okay, but I mean, being facetious, you know, what makes this game look like a professional game it's that faux crt effect if you take that off the game looks like it looks like it was made in i don't know like powerpoint or something you know it looks really janky but that's what police software looks like as in my mind in the 90s yeah but that faux crt effect is what makes it look like a modern game you know it's like oh shaders so i think that's why it's there and it does add a bit of immersion because one of the kind of special effects that can happen when you have the anti-glare filter turned on is you can see your reflection, like the reflection of the character doing the search in the screen. And that itself is kind of a clue. Although I didn't really pick up on it until after I got the ending and it said, oh, you know, you can come back, Sarah. I was like, you're right. It's a woman. And it looks just like the, well, not just like, but it looks, you know, you can't really tell because it's just a reflection, but it could plausibly look like the woman in the interviews. So you are her daughter and, you know, maybe it's a clue to that. But you had it turned off because it just wound you up. Yeah, it wound me up. But then I was told I could see the reflection. So I felt like I missed something, but you've told me it's nothing. Yeah, I didn't think it was a big deal. Okay, that's all I have for mechanics. So, we should talk about the story. Because the story is really interesting and the story is also quite divisive. Like, it sounds like we disagree in our interpretations of the story. Which surprised me. (laughs) Yeah, I always thought you were smarter. (laughs) Ditto. (laughs) So, the story. We'll give our own interpretation of the story and then we can discuss why I'm so wrong or why you're so right (laughs) it is really funny because it's a human thing I guess to latch onto one explanation and then become invested in that and it didn't really occur to me the alternate explanation which is obviously the one you believe until afterwards when I was reading a guide and I can actually see how your one is plausible too you know it's it's a matter of like what weight or what importance you put on certain bits of the evidence. So I, I, I think the two major interpretations of the game are they're twins or it's a split personality. And 
both interpretations require you to suspend disbelief in certain portions of the story because the twins explanation is fabulously improbable on the grounds of they're two different people you know at some point someone's going to notice that two different people whereas the split personality one there's all sorts of physical evidence in the sequence of videos that implies no they're two different people but you could argue that it's makeup or temporary work things like the tattoo and the bruise for example so anyway my interpretation of the story so the woman in the interview is officially hannah smith and she is married to a man simon and he has been murdered his throat has been cut and his body has been found in the basement of their house Hannah has a twin sister called Eve. And there are many, many references to reflections and mirror images. So Hannah's mother gave birth to twins. The midwife, Florence, told the mother that one of the twins was stillborn, strangled by the umbilical cord. But actually, she was fine. And the midwife stole the other twin sister and raised her in the house opposite. And so the two daughters could see each other through the window and thought each was the reflection of the other. One day, they met and realised they were separate people, but kind of still thought of each other as their reflection. And then Florence dies, possibly pushed down the stairs by Eve. And then Eve goes to live in the attic with Hannah. I mean, this is where it gets fabulously implausible. But, you know, this is the story. Hannah and Eve then take turns living their life. So sometimes it'll be Hannah. Sometimes it will be Eve. The parents don't realise that there's actually two girls. And even when they go to school, they take turns. When they're out dating boys, they're taking turns. When it comes to Simon, finally, Hannah, who's usually the shy one, doesn't want to share. They get married. Hannah is pregnant. Eve can't get pregnant. And so their mirror symmetry is broken. But then Hannah miscarries and loses the baby at seven months and becomes infertile as a result. Eve says it's like the universe trying to restore its balance. Yada, yada, yada. The parents and the mushrooms, all sorts of other backstory. And then getting to the point with the murder... So Simon actually meets Eve in a bar, guesses her name by the tattoo she has on her arm, and it's a tattoo of the snake and the apple from the biblical Garden of Eden story. And then Simon is having an affair with Eve, and Eve is always at this point wearing a blonde wig. And then it all comes to a head when Eve is then pregnant with Simon's baby. And Hannah and Eve are still talking to each other all the time. And Hannah decides that Eve should move in with them. It's Hannah's birthday. And Simon, who is actually a glazier, is that the word? Yes. He makes things out of glass. He makes her a unique mirror and gives it to her for her birthday. But then Hannah puts on Eve's wig, the blonde wig, and then pretends to be Eve. And Simon gives Eve another copy of 
the mirror, the supposedly unique mirror that was for Hannah, and tells her that he wants to be with her. And then Eve, who's actually Hannah, goes into a rage and smashes the mirror and lunges at Simon and cuts his throat and kills him. And then there's the alibi involving Glasgow and blah, blah, blah. You are Sarah, who is Eve's daughter. And the last set of interviews are actually in an interrogation room because you've been arrested on suspicion of murdering Simon. And the last thing, you know, Eve is saying is, you know, these stories you've been telling each other, they're just stories. And how can you arrest someone who doesn't exist? And then, you know, the interpretation of that, multiple personalities versus twins, because Eve has no real existence. Like, Eve doesn't have any documentation, allegedly. Anyway, your turn. What's your interpretation of the story? Well, there is a lot of overlap. There, there is a lot of overlap. Let's start with that. Yeah, I probably went into way too much detail on the overall story rather than just the key points. No, it's fine. So we start off with Simon. She's married to Hannah. And then we went back and talked about their childhood. And we talked about Florence, the midwife. So another way to look at that is it's just a metaphor. You know, Eve does live in the house opposite, but not literally. Eve really is just the reflection in the glass. Yes. And they spend a lot of time up in the attic, in and amongst their fairy tales and the dollhouse, you know, and everything is a story to her, a fairy tale. So that bit, I've just surmised as, you know, even from a young age, she had two personalities. We talk about sharing boys, and that's also just two sides of her character. And then more importantly, I think, without going into too much detail, let's go straight to Simon and my view was that Simon was in on it. He knew there was two sides to her character. And that's why he gave her two mirrors. And that she didn't like that. That's how I viewed it. Simon knows that she's really just one person. Even if she doesn't know it. So he made two mirrors, but they're both for her. That's what you mean, right? Exactly. From a story perspective, I think that's the, I mean, that's the key difference. There are lots of discussion points we can go straight to. Now, I think, after... No, I think we can do that now, and then we can talk about how we ended at the very end. Yeah, because, I I mean, it's surprising how much conflict discussion... I mean, there's a lot of discussion about the ending. In fact, there's a lot of discussion about the story in general, and particularly about whether they're twins or split personalities. Because I think there is evidence for each one. I mean, I think the main evidence for the split personality is just that the idea of them being twins... And sharing a life in this way is really, really improbable. I mean, it's really unlikely. And there are many things that they mentioned that could be interpreted as just, you know, it's all, it's all in her head. Like she talks about how their handwriting is the same. So their parents just think that it's her imaginary friend and that she's writing notes to herself and hiding them in the cat's bell. And you could interpret that as being the handwriting is the same. So their parents don't realize, ha ha ha. Or it could be, she's really crazy and she's writing notes to herself. And the parents just let her do it, because that's what kids do. Yeah, her imaginary friend really is her imaginary friend. And she always referred to her as a friend, not a twin, or sister. Is that right? Yeah, she does. And there's weird stuff like the knock code. You know, they knock messages to each other, and there's bits in the game where she taps a message on the desk, and she's actually tapping, like, love you. Or bye, Hannah. 
Don't you know it's like by hammer or something? It's like actually a typo. She makes a mistake when she's tapping out the code. Yeah, I mean, the physical evidence for them being two different people. So I mentioned the tattoo. So Eve has a tattoo. Hannah does not. The bruise. There's a video where one of them has a bruise on their face. And then the next day, the bruise is gone. And she says, oh, I just have a fast metabolism. But when she touches her face, she's touching the wrong side of her face. Were you always convinced of this conclusion for yourself? You always believed that it was two people? Or did you flip-flop? I think I was just too trusting. Because I found the video where she talks about Florence and stealing the baby. And then I was like, what? I mean, again, you can see in the notes, I'm like, I'm Hannah? I'm Hannah? Well, I say I'm Hannah. I mean, the woman in the video is Hannah. It's like, wait, she's Hannah? And then there's another bit was like, wait, she's Eve? No, wait, there's two of them. They must be twins. Ah. And then to begin with, I actually didn't click that they were both pretending to be Hannah. I actually literally thought that they were just twins and there was interviews with two different women and it wasn't obvious. It was only later on that it became apparent, you know, from the line of questioning from the police that the police didn't realise they were two different women and they thought they were all Hannah. But you can see that the police also do cotton onto it at some point because there's the bit where they're asking about fingerprints and they say that, you know, they found another set of fingerprints that don't match her or her parents. And they're going, oh, well, you know, could it be my parents' fingerprints? You know, how long do they last for? Because they found Eve's fingerprints, which are different. I mean, this is like the physical evidence that suggests that they are twins. But they have nothing for Eve. What do you mean they have nothing for Eve? They don't have Eve's fingerprints. So no one's saying they are Eve's fingerprints. They're just another set of fingerprints that could be Eve's. Correct. But you, you know, that's the thing. You don't know because at the end, they evidently do have Eve. It's Eve being interrogated because the lie detector test, she passes all the questions apart from the one where they ask her her name. You know, is your name Hannah Smith? She says yes. And she fails that question because she's Eve. So you, you were consistent in your thinking. It didn't occur to me that it could be split personalities until after I read some discussions about the game. I was like, oh, you're right. You could think of it as being split personalities. It just means that you have to discount other bits of evidence. Like you have to think, well, the fingerprints, they're not Hannah's, but that doesn't mean they're Eve's. And the tattoo could be a temporary tattoo. And the bruise, she could have covered up with makeup. But were there other details in the game or other plot points where you thought, oh, this, but then that, then this again? No, I was consistent in thinking they were twins. Or in any in anything else? There's lots of ambiguous things. Like the circumstances of the parents' death, which seem, again, really strange and implausible. So the parents apparently die of poisoning by death-capped mushrooms, but the father was a mushroom expert, so he should have known not to pick death-capped mushrooms. And also... Apparently, Eve would have been hiding and living in the parents' attic this whole time, and the parents really didn't notice a woman living in their attic. And whether or not Eve is responsible for poisoning them with the mushrooms, she just lived in the house for, like, days with dead parents underneath there? I mean, these things seem really improbable, and possibly signs of being slightly deranged or a split personality. So, you know... Lots of things where I thought, well, this seems really odd, but I just have to go with it. And then afterwards, when the split personality idea was raised, it was like, oh, okay, I can see that there are many things that make this sound actually more plausible. I did go through a phase where I thought there were two people. Then I'll, I flip flop back. 
Yeah, it's a matter of like how reliable a narrator is she because, you know, if you view it that she is an unreliable narrator, whether deliberately or because she herself is deluded, then yes, the split personality interpretation makes much more sense. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a work of fiction. So I'm not really viewing it as critically as I would if this was real life. I think the twin interpretation just makes a more interesting story. This is probably me lying to myself because I'm so tied to this, you know, (laughs) I'm invested in this interpretation. No, but there are some things that, like you say, fit the other, you know, belief. You know, for instance, the infertility. What what is she saying there altogether if she's the one person? Yeah, I mean, if she's the one person, then she's saying, what, that she couldn't get pregnant? But that's because she was already pregnant. But then eight years is eight years later, she's pregnant with Sarah. No answers. No answers. And then Only questions. And I asked you before this recording about Rapunzel, and I really wanted something to be there. I feel like Rapunzel is just one of those words used to incept certain queries. So it is, it's just a recurring theme in the game. If she's like Rapunzel, because Eve is wearing a blonde wig, Eve was kind of in the witch's tower, you know, living with Florence in the attic. And then there's frequent references to it when it comes to interpreting the pictures, which is some weird kind of Rorschach type test that the police ask us to do. I don't really understand that. Or when she's trying to explain away the blonde hairs that they find in her house. And she says, oh, there's a Rapunzel doll in the attic with long blonde hair. I mean, there are other things as well. You, I mean, you you went off and started looking for coffee and tea. Well, this is just another facet of me trying to figure out whether you think they're two people or whether you think they're two facets of the same person. The interviews are definitely sometimes Hannah and sometimes Eve. And so one of the things I was trying to do was figure out which was Hannah and which was Eve. And I didn't really get completely to the bottom of this. Like, I've got to admit, I didn't really, really forensically try and go through it. I spent some time myself and I also just read some other guides and I've mostly just gone with other people's interpretations. But, you know, one of the clues to whether it is split personality versus two people could potentially be in this, the tea, the coffee and the tattoo. I mean, it's all going to be anecdotal because at the end of the day, I drink tea sometimes, I drink coffee sometimes, it doesn't mean I'm two people, but in the context of this game... So you think. <laughs> yeah, coffee Mike is a bastard, but tea Mike's so nice and cultured. In the context of this game, one of them appears to always drink black coffee, the other one always appears to drink tea with milk and sugar, and then there's a turning point where the detectives start asking awkward questions that are insinuating that they're two people, that they know that she's not really Hannah Smith. And at that point, one of them starts drinking coffee, but with milk and sugar. But one of the interesting things would be, you know, that tattoo is a piece of physical evidence that it is Eve. And if you're saying that there is a split personality and the tattoo is a temporary tattoo, then at some point she must be applying the tattoo. And could she end up in an inconsistency? Like she forgets to apply the tattoo but she starts drinking Eve's drink, you know. An inconsistency like that could potentially indicate one way or the other.
so I've I could have finished the game quite early, so the chit chat bubble popped up quite early for me. And same for you. And then after the fact you found things. And for me, I look I told you I, I looked at the achievements and I did the compare myself with Global List. And I saw reflections and that's what pushed me down the route of the mirror, the reflections, and actually that's what got me to the actual circumstance of the death. Oh really? Yes. So that's not important to the story then. Well, what is important to the story? What is the game about? You know, I think one of the things I wasn't sure about was, is the game going to test you? You know, the chit chat bubble pops up and it says, oh, have you seen enough? And you can say like, yes or no. And says, well, do you understand why your mother did what she did? And I was like, oh, no. And it was like, okay, well, don't worry, Sarah, you can always come back. And then I was just thinking, wait, was this game going to test me? If I said yes, would it have gone and said, well, why did she do what she did then? But the game doesn't test you. The game is literally just asking for your own your own self-reflection. The first time you got asked that question, did you say yes? The first time it asked me, have I seen enough? I actually said no. And I just went back to searching the database. And then when I said, yes, I've seen enough, it said, do you understand? And I said, no. So will he call you again? No, you have to call him. The next, when you want to finish it, you click the chit chat bubble, you click the call icon, and then it says, oh, have you seen enough? And you say yes. But the game doesn't actually really have a point other than the point that you give it. I mean, it's not testing you, it's not checking that you've ticked some boxes. Well, I guess it kind of is checking you that you've ticked some boxes because the chit chat bubble doesn't appear until you've seen certain key videos. But it's not judging you. The experience is what you take away from it. Are there any other details which you want to touch upon? Not in the main game. Glasgow. Glasgow? Okay, what about Glasgow? You tell me about Glasgow. What happened in Glasgow? Glasgow is just another facet of the story, another red herring. I mean, depending on what you think of the point of the story being. Glasgow is there to show that she is really pregnant because, again, depending on your interpretation, Eve drives to Glasgow, Eve knocks into a taxi and scratches the car, goes to hospital, gets checked out because she's pregnant. And the reason she goes to Glasgow is after Simon is killed, they set Simon's watch to a time when she would be in Glasgow and break the watch to, in a very movie cliche style, kind of fix the time of death. And then she drives to Glasgow to prove that she wasn't there when it happened. Then what is Hannah doing at this time? Well, if they're two people, Hannah's cleaning up the body. And cleaning up the crime scene. Something no, Because they're not two people, something I've not thought about. As the game comes to close, the chit-chat bubble pops up and asks, So do you understand why your mother did what she did? What do you think that question is about? What do you think what she did is referring to in that? sentence that's what i'm asking you yeah and that's why i'm saying you know it's kind of what you take away from it is it referring to why she killed simon is it referring to why she covered up for her sister if she did indeed have a sister i mean there's various different interpretations of what she did means what do you think i mean if you think about it logically and if you're subscribing to the twins theory SB is talking to Sarah, 
Sarah is Eve's daughter because Hannah was infertile, so it must be Eve's daughter. Again, this is assuming you trust what they've been telling you. And so the mother in this case is Eve. And if we're trusting what Eve said, Hannah is the one that killed Simon, not Eve. So the question is, why did Eve take the fall for Hannah? Because they have someone, the DNA matches, because they're twins. I mean, they never really bring that up, but that's kind of like inferred. So Eve could go to prison for Hannah and Hannah could get away because there's no official record of Eve ever existing. So if Eve says she's Hannah, well, they've got someone who fits the bill. She looks right. No one else knows she's Eve. If you went up to one of their friends and said, is this Hannah Smith? They'd say yes. So my interpretation was, why did Eve cover up for Hannah? And why? I don't know, man. I said, no, I didn't understand why. <laughs> that, yeah, but that's like 80% of the work done. I'm, I'm satisfied with that. Yeah, I mean, if you subscribe to the split personality theory, then it would be, why did Hannah slash Eve kill Simon? Which is a valid question too. Mm. So there you go. Any final words on her story? I have nothing, but you do. I'll comment that the one achievement I don't have is about the mirror game. So everything in this game is referring to mirrors and reflections and so on. But on the computer desktop, on the faux computer desktop, instead of the recycle bin, there is the rubbish bin, which I thought was very charmingly British. And inside is the mirror game, which is basically reversey or Othello. The game where you have to flip counters over, in this case, red and blue. So there's an achievement for getting a draw on that. I didn't get that. <laughs> it's harder than it sounds. Yeah, I know. It's really hard. I got all the others though, but the others were mostly just for watching every video. So, you know, I didn't get a platinum. Was this on any other platforms? This is only on PC, isn't it? iOS? Oh yeah, iOS. You're right. Do you want to talk about the lie detector and the search terms? Oh yeah, I guess another final thing then is my journey to 100%. So, seeing as I didn't know about the blank trick, in order to watch every video, I made a lot of use of admin random. So, when you watch the credits, it actually gives you two extra hints to try and help you find every video. So, it says, well, try admin random and unlock. Admin random just shows a random video. And through the use of admin random, I found the lie detector videos, since she gets told, answer yes or no. And there are, I think there are four videos each of her saying just yes or saying just no. And of course, if you type in yes or no as the search term, you actually end up with loads of videos. So I was just thinking, how on earth are you supposed to find these lie detector videos? I eventually discovered that you can actually just put the word yes or no in quotes and then it'll show you just that video. Though I did not think that was obvious at all. One of the notes does imply that, but I I didn't use quotes well well, they talk about searching for a phrase in quotes but it seems slightly odd that you know if you were to search google for one word in quotes i think it would do the same thing as if you search for it without the quotes so to me that was slightly non-obvious but you know i tried it anyway and it did work the other admin command is admin unlock and that i didn't use for a long time because i was I thought it might actually just give me access to all the videos and I thought that might break the game and I kind of wanted to still keep playing by the rules. But I did eventually use it. 
and admin unlock lets you see the first 15 videos instead of the first five. So that also helped me a lot get the last few videos. There's a secret command as well. I think admin share. What does that do? It brings up some like in-game kind of browsery thing. I've never actually used it. I just read about it because Sam Barlow in an interview mentioned a secret command, which it turns out is admin share. But I don't think it's ever actually been made use of. But the idea was to try and share other people's search histories so people could see like other people's paths through the game. But in the end, it's something that hasn't really been made use of. And it's a few years later now. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. I think we've we've said all we have to say about her story. I think so. I'm glad that we took different sides. <laughs> it's nice to have some conflict. I would recommend her story. Everyone should play her story. I expect it to be darker, more chilling. It could have gone further. I'm glad it didn't. It didn't feel the need to. You know, it was like the witness for me. I expected something very peculiar to happen at some point. Yeah, it's like how in the witness I was really convinced there was going to be a jump scare at some point. <laughs> Doesn't help that I really believe there was, it was a split personality involved. Men, there was a high chance of psychological terror in the interviews, etc. Well, the interviews that happened in 1994, what's going to happen? Have you watched Black Swan? No. Okay. There's all sorts of things you could do in an interview, which are a bit odd and very dark. Well, fortunately for both our sakes, none of those things happened. Yeah, it's a short game. It's, it's worth playing. I'm definitely looking forward to what Sam Barley does next. Yeah, so he has two upcoming works that we know of. Telling Lies and War Games. War Games, I think, is 2018. But War Games isn't a game. No, it's going to be some interactive TV thing. So that's a wrap. Her story. Done. Ticked off my indie RT games list. So what do you have up next? So the next book club game is another write-in request. Yay! Although it's also a really long and tortuous <laughs> single-player RPG. Oh. Well, I make that noise. Actually, it is one I want to play, but it's going to be a non-trivial time commitment. But it's one you've known about since 2013. Yes, indeed. So... The next book club game will be Torment, Tides of Numenara, which is a spiritual successor to Planescape Torment. So we, for the podcast, have played before Baldur's Gate 2. Yes. And from that same era, another Infinity Engine game was Planescape Torment. But despite both being D&D games using the same engine... They were actually very different styles of game. And so, in the same way that Pillars of Eternity is kind of a spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate, Torment Ties of Numenara is a spiritual successor to Planescape Torment. I think that the Torment games are much more about the story and the characterization than, say, the raw combat and throwing fireballs in people's faces. As you alluded to, I've known about it since 2013 because 
it was funded by Kickstarter initially. So the Kickstarter pledging opened on March the 6th, 2013, with an initial goal of 900,000 US. And eventually, when the funding period closed, they had had over 4 million US dollars pledged, of which some of that was my money because I pledged to it. And it finally came out in February 2017. But I've not played it yet. You're not that late. We're not that late to the party. We're not late to the party. Yeah, at least uh, at least we're kind of in the same year, just about. <laughs> so what's the checkpoint? Okay, so we both know actually very little about this game, which I think is actually quite important for this kind of game. And we're relying on the recommendations of... What a disclaimer. <laughs> sorry, sorry. The the uh, the person who recommended it to us. So, Arthur, Arthur Kwan, thanks for your recommendation. And we're going to play for the first segment up to the end of the Sagus Cliffs. And I'm going to say, don't feel like you have to play to the end of the Sagus Cliffs. I think it's just that if we leave the Sagas Cliffs, then we'll stop, as in we being you and meeting. But if you are still in the Sagas Cliffs, well, we're just going to talk about that area next time. It's, what, a 30 to 45 hour game? Hopefully more 30 and less 45. (laughs) And we're going to try and do it in three segments. So for the first segment... We're going to do the Sagas Cliffs. That's it. And that's it. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Reddit. Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. On YouTube. And Twitch as Lost Levels Club. Mike, what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful I had seven hours sleep. So Michael says bye. Bye bye. Mike, it's the same person. <laughs> sort your life out. <laughs> <laughs>